My name is Phil Lightstone. I'm a general aviation pilot with over 2,100 hours in my logbook, flying almost every week with over 30 years experience in the technology and aviation industries. We're here at Sun and Fun 2023 in the Author's Corner at the Florida Air Museum to listen to Kevin Lacey, author of Fly It Like You Stole It, talking to us about his life and career in the aviation industry. Kevin started out in high school chasing his dream to be an airline pilot. While he didn't quite make it to American Airlines, his career landed him fixing and flying small GA aircraft and super cool corporate jets. As a cast member on Airplane Repo, Kevin's unique down-to-earth style attracted a lot of fans, both aviators and aviation enthusiasts alike. Kevin is a well-rounded, accomplished aviator with nearly five decades of aviation experience. He holds an airline transport pilot certificate with multiple jet type ratings, a seaplane rating, and a flight instructor rating. In addition, he's a certified aircraft mechanic with inspection authorization. In this Plane Talk podcast episode, Kevin introduces members of the Tango 31 Aero Club, a nonprofit organization created to help teenage people enter aviation. You can also get Kevin's book on Amazon. My fourth grade English teacher right now is rolling over in her grave that I wrote a book. I can promise you that. And the funny thing about this book, mistakes and all, you know, I mean, I, how this all started was I was in Brazil. And I think it was 2005 or 2000 somewhere. I was down there to capture a bunch of 737s from a legacy airline down there called Vaspi. And each week I would send back a report on what's going on. I was there for almost three years. So I would send a report back each week on to my friends, actually, of what was going on down there, what kind of fiasco I was engaged in at the time. And when you got three 737s scattered about a country, it's a, kind of a fiasco. They got, you know, I told folks over there one point in time that this place better than a South Dallas chop shop, you know, because they're stealing parts off the damn 737 and selling them to this other airline over here and putting them on those. Here in the U.S., you wouldn't do that stuff. I mean, that would be illegal as can be. I come home for Christmas vacation, and we have a gathering, and all my friends get together. We have a little beer drinking contest, and everybody's wondering, you know, everybody's laughing about the little stories that I was sending back because they were kind of funny. Maybe I have a particular way of articulating what had happened that made it entertaining. And in the meantime, people were getting, how come I'm not on that email list? How come I'm not getting those stories? What's going on? So after three years of sending these email lists, these emails in once a week for three years to about 250 of my closest friends, they started saying, if I didn't take those emails and turn them into a book, then they were gonna do it for me. <laughs> so because there was some entertaining uh, issues that had gone on, and so I thought, well, you know, okay, Lynn, she, my insurance agent was pretty articulate and she's pretty smart. And uh, she was about ready to start formatting it into a book. And I said, you know, I think I can do that myself to put this book together here and tell you how I'm down there in Brazil. I was going to call it Kevin's Brazilian Adventure, right? In order to explain how I got there, I had to go back to the early days to sort of explain what gave me the skills, the talents, and the aptitude to do what it is I do. I told you all about this little aero club a minute ago. This is a couple of them right there. She earned her private pilot certificate in an airplane that she helped build, 
Step in here, young lady. This little Miss Ponytail here, she's uh, from McKinney, Texas. She, uh, had, the Sun and Fun Radio just interviewed some of the uh, Aero Club youngsters that flew down here from Texas uh, this, this morning, or last week or whenever it was. This young lady, during high school, she came out and uh, her mom dropped her off one day and said, uh, is she gonna be okay out here? I said, yeah, I think so. You know, I don't know exactly what you're expecting out of this, but I think she'll be all right. So a couple hours later, mom comes back to the hangar to pick her up and she's got this grill full of braces. She's got this ponytail down to her butt and mom comes to pick her up and she's got her shirt sleeves rolled up to her armpits and she's covered in engine oil. She's been removing cylinders all, ever since mom dropped her off. And she, mom goes, what did you do to my baby girl? I said, she ain't your baby girl no more, mama. She's mine now. <laughs> so she went through the process of helping build and restore this little Cessna 150 and then for the efforts that she put, for the efforts that she put into to doing that, she was able to learn to fly the airplane for the price of fuel. Unfortunately, she's really meticulous, and we probably could have got the airplane flying several months earlier. But she 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 laid out the paint stripes and the paint scheme on the airplane. She'd be sitting across the hangar. Oh, I don't like that. That that line's just a little off. She'd go over and rip all the paper off and start all over again. Yeah, it was a fantastic opportunity to be a part of. And there, we have, I think, 13 to 20 regular kids right now. We have several AMPs, uh, IAs, private pilots. I'm currently at Embry-Riddle uh, Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach wrapping up the rest of my ratings. So I have commercial instrument, about to finish multi, should start flight instructing this fall. But it's a fantastic program. Y'all should check us out on Facebook and keep along with our projects. We have uh, two Cessna 150s, a 172 project, a 120 project, and a Taylorcraft project. There you have it, kid power. Right back here, you've got the hammer. And uh, he earned that that uh, call sign by <clears throat> being rather aggressive with some persuasive tools over there at the <laughs> hangar. And uh, actually he was beating on the nose gear and caused the airplane to fall on his head. And it was, it was all reusable. So <laughs> we were able to get the airplane back together and fly it, fly it along. So it was good. But uh, we got the, uh, the hammer. He's come on over here. We'll, we'll embarrass him too, might as well. <laughs> This is a hammer, I found him in high school and uh, he started with the Aero Club in 2017, one of the originals. And uh, I don't think he reads well enough to try to pass the private pilot written test, but for some reason or another, but for some reason or another, he took to working on airplanes and stuff. And when he was getting out of high school, he asked, I asked him what he was gonna do. He said, I'm gonna go work on diesel trucks. I said, no, you're not. I'm gonna take you down here to this little maintenance shop over here. So after building a little airplane, took him to a maintenance shop there at the airport and he got hired over there. And three years later, he wound up qualifying and I signed him off for his airframe power plant mechanic certificate. Then uh, I guess three years later, just a couple of months ago, the hammer qualified time-wise to earn his inspection authorization. Now he's got a student pilot certificate and he has soloed, but I think he's afraid of heights. I'm not sure what this <laughs> is because he doesn't seem to really want to jump in the airplane and go fly. But the, this young man has no debt anywhere He's working as now a first shift lead at Bombardier uh, Aircraft Services at Love Field, taking care of globals and challengers and the fancy fancy jets. But uh, anyway, tell tell them all about it. About <laughs> Wing it, big boy. 
So yeah, he's basically got the whole spiel from this ponytail about the Arrow Club. Uh, Kevin Lacey's our founder, founder director, and me and some other. There's one other back there. He's hiding, but we'll bring him up here in a minute. <laughs> we're gonna embarrass somebody else here in a minute too. Uh, we're the uh, we're two of the original men members from that. We we've known Kevin since we were in high school, and he was at another program that was a mentor. He was a mentor for another program that was at our high school, and then he, like he said, he drug he drugged me out and said, "You're not working on trucks. You're coming to work over here at the airport." So. So I went over there. He's been holding it against me ever since. <laughs> so I went that route, and it's paid off in dividends. <laughs> and like I said, I work at Bombardier now, working on Challengers, Leers, Globals, uh, the big fancy private stuff, which is a good gig to have, especially this time right now. And he doesn't have a nickel's worth of debt. That's well, an important part of it. Cash. Yeah. All the nonsense and the TV stuff and the, the uh, book and all that, all that helps go to support the Tango 31 Aero Club, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And again, as I said, with the book, I felt like I had to go back to the early days to, because I couldn't start in Brazil with a bunch of 737s. And nobody, well, how the hell did he get there? You know, I mean, this guy must have been grown up and chewing on a, you know, the left main, main landing gear of a 737 or something, you know, but no, it's, it's a progression. You know, aviation is a progression, stepping stones and climbing the ladder all the way up and then getting kicked down a couple of times, you know, but you always dust yourself off, roll your shirt sleeves back up, get you by bootstraps and carry on. That's about all you can do. Uh, just never get discouraged with it. Even if you have a tough time with a check ride, you even have a tough time with, you know, just getting to the airport, you know, I mean, we used to hitchhike, but I think you like Goober now out there, you can call them and, that is if mom will pay for Junior's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's going to pick up the phone one day. Mom, I don't need insurance on that car no more. He's going to say, why? Because I sold the damn car and I got an airplane. <laughs> but I do need airplane insurance. That'd be entertaining. Anyway, has anybody got any questions? Oh, come on. Y'all got to be doing What's better than that. Most My most favorite airplane to fly, guys. Okay, I'm going to tell you something. It's two airplanes. One's a 1946 model Taylor Craft that I told you in 1970, uh, whatever year it was, I sold my car and bought that little airplane. I still have it today. This is in the 70s, so I've had it 40 some odd years, right? That's number one. Number two, it's a little Lear 24DXR. And I'm telling you, that is a crotch rocket. And NASA got nothing on that thing because if you, I did a stand and start takeoff at Addison Airport rammed that power levers up, managed somehow or another to get between the traffic of Love Field and uh, DFW, got airborne, and got to 41,000 feet in 11 minutes, 11 miles. And, I mean, you're in the airplane like this, and it's still trying to accelerate. <laughs> so it is, a, it is an absolute blast to fly. Now, I guarantee when you get to 41,000 feet, now you're looking for a gas station, but... <laughs> That airplane will burn the same amount of gas sitting at 41,000 feet as it does sitting on the ground idling. But you're doing 82% the speed of sound while it's burning that same amount of gas. That's pretty entertaining, isn't it? And a little fun fact about Learjets, you know. They should use that technology in cars. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure how that would work, but, uh, you know. No, it uses the same amount of fuel going, you know, 450 miles an hour as it does sitting down here, you know, in the, in the, in the chocks. Uh, anyway, Swiggles, come here, Hossfly. He had a question. Oh, 
What you got? Who had a question? Yes. Yeah. I know we came in late, but uh, that's okay. I told you we needed hours, right? We need hours in our logbook. 1,500 hours when I was a kid. You had to have that 1,500 hours. You had to take your logbook to the Fed shed when you got 1,500 hours, and they would give you a permission slip to go for your airline transport uh, rating, right? I'm a poor kid, you know? I mean, I don't have any money in my pocket, and these guys are going to offer to pay me money to go fly a 421 or something like that. You know, all I got to do is swipe it. Uh, yeah, okay, game on, boys. <laughs> you know? They're going to pay me to fly an airplane that I don't have time in. That's okay with me, and it's going to give me another eight hours in my logbook. You know, okay, there we go. We can do that. So. So you come up with the television show? No. No, they were stalking me for that for a long time, and I wasn't interested in it. I kept telling them to go away. Don't even want to talk to you. And they kept sending me emails, and I kept deferring them, and they called me. One day they showed up at my damn hangar and with a film crew. And they were running around the airport and you know, it's just a regular old Saturday afternoon at Redneck Arrow Country Airport in North Texas there. Everybody's having a good time and they're taking video. And they finally put together a video, a sizzle reel to sell me on their TV program. And I'm not interested guys, why? I'll tell you what, I will be happy to do a TV show. We're gonna do an educational TV show about airplanes because we'll go over here, we'll get with the firefighters, we'll do the, the bombing, the water bombing. We'll go with the smoke jumpers, we'll do the, we'll go hang out with the air ambulance guys. I was just hanging around with the guys over there the, out of Dakota with the air refueling wing. We'll go hang out with those guys, we'll fly the boom in the back of that tanker, you know. We'll fly around with them for a day or two and just see what kind of fun they get to have refueling airplanes going across the countryside. Uh, I mean, there's air ambulance. You know, anybody remember a guy named Frankie Lane? You might. Hit him up, blow him out, raw hide. Hit him up, move him out, raw hide. Yeah, okay. This was a singer for a bunch of these uh, old TV shows back in the day. Well, that old boy had a heart attack one day up in St. Louis, and I'm hauling, uh, and I'm now flying an air ambulance Learjet, so I fly up to pick him up, carry him out to San Diego where he lived. And, but, you know, I mean, air ambulance, helicopters, picking up people out there in car crashes at the locations, getting them and the air ambulances. Went up to uh, Cedar Rapids, I think it was, one night. Got a transplant team. I know I'm coming home late. I got a little Playmate ice chest on the airplane. Down in the bottom of it, I might have had some hydraulic sandwiches called Bud Light. Transplant team jumps out and hauls ass to go to the, hops in an ambulance to go. We're taxiing out about ready to head home. And we're getting, hey, you need to get back to the ramp. You need to get back to the ramp. Huh? What? Mm. Okay, here we go. Back to the ramp we go. We got the wrong damn ice chest. We don't think Bud Light's going to jumpstart that guy's heart, you know? So we had an ice chest. We had, a, we had an igloo ice chest with a heart in it instead of Bud Light. So, I mean, you know, just the knickknack stuff that happens, you know? I mean, it's just always, it's always something entertaining, you know? And uh, uh, you can always get wound up and pissed off and mad about it, or you just roll with it and just deal with it. To a certain extent, you know, we got to deal with it. But at the same time here right now, I'm going to introduce the young Swiggles over here. This young man here just earned his pilot certificate, and so did he. Tell everybody what you do there, Swiggles. Yeah, hang on to it. Which one? By the way, we got so many kids hanging around the hangar most of the time, I can't remember any of them's name. And so they have some personality characteristics, some sort of trait or something goofy 
I mean, they're going to get a call saying. And uh, for y'all's, just for y'all's benefit, they decided my name was Tombstone. So, <laughs> but we got a whole tribe of youngsters and we have a great time. Swiggles, tell them what, what tell them about your check ride. Oh, no. You got, put, hold that one up too. Okay. Both of them, both of both. them. Both? Yeah, there you go. Okay. You got it now, Swiggles. Both oh, okay, I see. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, my, my check ride went pretty good. Showed up for the oral, was nervous, and uh, I don't remember much after that, honestly. <laughs> I talked for a while, he talked for a little bit, and then we got on the plane and flew around, did my maneuvers and stuff. Did everything good, I guess, because I landed, and I thought he was going to say I was going to have to come back two months later, but no, he was like, congratulations. How was and your, then there you go. How was your flight to Sun and Fun? Oh, my flight to Sun and Fun was awesome. <laughs> he, he had 10% to his logbook time just coming down to Sun and Fun. Yeah, I flew around uh, seven hours here. Whole flight was uh, 10 hours. Uh, he isn't here right now, but my co-pilot, uh, Mouse, that's his call sign, he flew the other three or four hours, and we had a good time. Did we have any weather? Yeah, we were dodging weather uh, around Alabama and uh, near uh, uh, Florida, the state lines there, and it was a lot of fun. It was a great flight. Here you go, Kev. <laughs> Get me out of here, Kev. Get me out of here, right? Yeah, well, I'm not sure exactly what these folks did over here at the, uh, but they scheduled me, they double booked me for some reason or another. And when I walked in the door, I thought I was just going to sit out there and pimp books and smile and take pictures and stuff with each other. But we brought an entourage down here to Sun and Fun. And uh, I don't know where they're all at. I think we've got, uh, we brought three airplanes down here and we had several of them flying on the airlines because we didn't have enough seats for the, yeah. uh, okay, we got uh, Junior over there. We got jail, <laughs> jailbait over here. <laughs> And then we got Thunder over here in the middle, so uh, she's just passed her written test, and she's pretty happy about that, but now she's mad at me because we're down here and we're not out there flying and getting her soloed yet, you know. The Hammer soloed here a while back, but like I said, I think he's afraid of flight, uh, heights, so he's not, uh, not doing much in the way of... <laughs> Miss Ponytails, she's kicking ass and taking names over there. She graduated high school a year early with a private pilot certificate and a scholarship to Embry-Ripple. She's going to finish Embry-Ripple in three years, a four-year degree. I don't know why these kids want to hang around with me. They're way too smart for me, you know it, but it's okay. Yeah, why do you? It's entertaining. <laughs> so anybody got questions? Come on, y'all got to pick on me or do something here, you know? A good story out of the book? A good story out of the book. Well, some of the stories are in here that I've uh, been a little bit of illustrating, you know? By the way, I'll finish up my story about Arrogant Airlines and my interview over there. Remember, remember I told you that they sent me home with this big old welcome rah, rah, rah cheerleading thing. And I'm looking in this dang book and it's got all these, yeah, take these cardboard envelopes and follow the instructions. You know, I'm kind of a dumb guy, you know, from Oak Cliff Tech, you know, south side of Dallas. I don't know exactly what this is about, but there's all these cardboard, you have to take them apart, peel the perforated edge, you fold the thing up. And, Instructions back here, it's got a popsicle stick with each one of them. I got five of them in there. I'm supposed to go fishing in the toilet every morning for my pookie and scrape that up and put it in here and send it to American Art. I don't think I want to work for an outfit that wants to do that. And this is no kidding. I mean, so one morning I'm out there, I mean, the next morning I'm out there with my little dog Turbo 
and you know drinking my coffee and old turbo leans up against the tree and pinches off a good one and i go turbo stay right there daddy's gonna be right back so i turn around mosey back over there into the house grab myself a little cardboard box a little popsicle stick fold that thing up scoop little dog turds in the in the envelope i could not wait to get to the post office to put that thing in the mail Next five days, all they got was a bunch of turbo pookie, you know, in the mail over there at Aragon Airlines. They didn't even have the courtesy to send me a letter to say I should cut down on the Purina or maybe I ought to get more fiber in the diet or something. You know, they just, yeah. But before I even ran out of envelopes, I had my rejection letter in the mail. I think it was already on the way home before I left the building, you know. But, uh, you know, I mean, I thought that's, they, I figured that they would at least say something about, the fiber in my diet or something maybe they're looking in my pookie for whatever but then it dawned on me you know the way they treated if they treated everybody else like they treated me they probably get a lot of that in the mail <laughs> i don't know if they still do it now i think right now if you can fog a mirror and you've got a pulse they'll take you and and you've got one of those ratps or whatever they're calling them you know but uh oh i don't know you want to hear another story you know you guys got stories you burned out here why don't y'all tell one that I've told y'all? Why don't y'all tell a story I've told y'all before? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not, not the bad ones, okay? I think this was going to have to wind up being in a, uh, well, I started out with this book here and I wound up at like 38 chapters. And it was gonna be like a 700 page book. And so I had to peel all those pages back because it wouldn't, I mean, it has to be at least a printable size, right? And so that's gonna wind up having to be book number two. And it's kind of not necessarily the early years, but it's gonna be the years where I kind of got a little more refined in my skills and my habits of swiping airplanes and learning and understanding all the uh, rules in the Uniform Commercial Code and the paperwork that you got to have and the documentation and then smuggling airplanes in and out of countries, you know, stuff like that. But uh, you kind of sometimes got to be a little bad to do the good, to do the right thing. And that's just kind of the way it is. But I wound up, you ever hear the term, no good deed goes unpunished? Well, I leave Dallas, heading for Africa, looking for a 747. And I'm really not sure where it is, but I'm hunting for a 747. And this will be in, I think it's going to be out of Africa. So I wound up stuck there for nine months dealing with this one airplane. And at the end of the day, I wound up delivering that airplane to Karachi, Pakistan. So if I ain't got no sense, I don't, nobody does. <laughs> Why would I do something like that? But in the meantime, I hire these two guys for $10 a month. And I want them to keep this 747 clean, $10 a month. And they, I buy them all the tools. Of course, they, I've got several sayings. You know, if, if it ain't smoking, it must be broken. I mean, their equipment over there is literally junk and everything is either smoking or it ain't running. <laughs> and it's smoking big time, mostly the diesel stuff. So I have to drive after a while, I've been there for a while. They booted me off the, uh, off the cargo ramp and made me go to the other side of the airport, which happened to be where the military is. And I get these two guys, Sammy and uh, Arthur, to come out, wipe the airplane down, wipe the landing gear. You know, you get dust storms over there. Uh, 
So I go to the airport almost every day to run some sort of a maintenance check on the airplane. And you have to run maintenance checks, daily inspections on 747s and Boeing 737s in order to maintain the aircraft in accordance with, you know, its airworthiness status. And it's a uh, storage program, essentially, is what it is. And you, you go out there, you run the APU, you run the uh, flaps up and down, run the stab actuator, and you know, essentially check the tire pressures and things of that nature, taxi the airplane every 30 days. That's a lot of fun doing that by yourself on a 747-200 where you got a flight engineer panel over here and you got to jump up and do this. <laughs> and hope like hell the brakes don't fail. So those two kids, I'm walking around the airplane one morning and I was crawling up in the wheel well to check the uh, check the one of the accumulators, and there are hangers with clothes up here. There's sleeping bags in the wheel well of a 747. What the hell is all this crap about? Hey, Sammy, get your ass up here. What's going on? Oh, Mr. Kevin, you didn't understand. Every time you, we leave late in the day, we can't walk across that field. The hyenas will get us. So these guys are literally sleeping in the wheel well of the 747 because at night the hyenas will come out and chase them down and, and eat them. <laughs> so that's what she mentioned that she brought up about it. And, you know, that's just part of the, that's just one little part of the story. And it's, uh, it's quite entertaining having to fight with customs, trying to get parts in and out of that country over there, you know, and uh, I think grafting corruption has never worked out very well for me because I don't like paying bribes but everybody over there seems to think you have to. It made it hard on me to get my parts, airplane parts in out of the country, but uh, I wasn't gonna be paying bribes to do it. But Brazil, very similar deal down there, trying to get parts in and out to get the airplanes fixed up. The uh, Brazil, I think, got a lot of smart people down there. I had a really good time with some of the folks down there, but hell, their government just keeps their fingers and their, their hands tied so bad that you know, they can't, all, can't hardly do anything. But I did get to go hang out at one of these little airports and fly around with, uh, from the San Jose Dos Campos Aero Club and get to fly with those guys. They got some home-built RVs and then some of those, I'd never heard of them before, but I think they're getting pretty popular. Those Technom P92s or whatever they are, they're not really an airplane if you ask me, but you know, they are something you know, that you can fly. It's akin to an ultralight or something, but I think it's got a Rotex motor on it. In case y'all don't understand, I kind of like to hear the, the sweet sound of a bump, 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 bump of a Continental 470 or 520 lumbering past, you know, at idle, you know, on, that's real motor sound to me, you know, as close as I can get. I like the round engine sounds too, but you don't get to see them much anymore. Uh, at least not where we're at. We got a couple of T6s. What do you think, Junior? Tell, tell the, step over here, step over here. Right there, there you go, there you go. Tell these folks what you're doing. Well, my plan is I'm going to go into aerospace engineering. And I, college-wise, I still haven't decided. But What grade are you in? Uh, I'm 16 right now. The, the, I'm the youngest in the club. I joined when I was 15, and my brother introduced me to the club, and it sounded so fun, and I, I had to just get there. I had to join. <laughs> Anything else you got to offer to that young man? Uh. <laughs> I think uh, I think most teens my age look at aviation and they think that it's so far out there 
and it's probably like they don't know how to get into it. So I think what our club is doing is we're getting these young teens into aviation, just uh, introducing it to them and getting them out there. All right, folks, aviation kind of looks like to the outsider. It looks like a country club. It looks like we've got these big tall fences around our airports and it's exclusive to those who have access. And it is very, very frustrating for me. Now, a couple of uh, episodes that aired of the first season of the TV show y'all were talking about a little while ago. And I got a phone call. Now you need to, I got to preface this just a little bit. Friday night, me and my buddy Gary generally have a little bit of a beer drinking contest, you know? And so at seven o'clock on a Saturday morning, I get this phone call. Oh, who's calling me at seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday morning? So I answer the phone. And, Mr. Lacey? Yes. This is Parker C. Brown. I'm in Alabama. Can you help me get to the airport? Holy crap, kid. You know, I'm in Texas. That's a pretty good long way for me to go. Well, no, I saw your TV show and I wanted to go to the airport. Mom drove me around there. We couldn't find our way in. She gave me five bucks and dropped me off at the arcade while her and her girlfriend went shopping. You want to get to the airport, huh, young man? Yep. This your phone number? And I read it off of there. I'm about half cross-eyed. Still sleeping, you know. I'll call you back in a little while. So I get up and fire up a pot of coffee and I get, get my energy going and I get my computer out there and I find an FBO at the airport town he's in. And I call and I get a hold of some sweet little gal doing Saturday morning detail, right? I'm sorry, we can't do that. I'm sorry. Who's the boss? Well, the boss is my dad. Well, put your dad on the phone. Dad's at home. <laughs> we'll see. Have him call me. A few minutes later, dad calls me up. What can I do for you? Well, this is what I need here. I need, I got some enthused young man who wants to go out to the airport and get a little dose of aviation. They can't find their way in. What I want you to do is I want you to call mom, tell her how to get to your FBO, how to get in the, in the gate. And then when he gets there, show him around a little bit maybe. Put a broom in his hand and have him sweep the hangar. He just wants to be around airplanes. We can do that. Well, all right then. I get a message on that Facebook thing or whatever it is, those private message things that afternoon or that evening that this kid is excited as hell because he got to go out and hang around an airport and actually got to touch and sit in a couple of airplanes. But I also hooked him up with a Young Eagles flight because right after I got that deal sorted out with him over there at the FBO, I called the local EA chapter president and told him, we got a kid that you guys need to give a young eagle flight to tomorrow. Well, we do it today. I said, no, he's busy today. What's he doing today? He's sweeping hangar floors. <laughs> he's being productive. I got a call back from the EA chapter. We got us a new EA member. That kid's great, man. We like him. So as time goes by, I keep getting these little Facebook, you know, private messages or whatever those things are on Facebook. Everything's enthusiastic. You know, hey, I'm taking flying lessons now. Oh, cool, you know. Hey, do you know anybody who does skywriting? I want to I want to invite my girl to the uh, prom, you know, and uh, ooh, that'd be kind of an interesting way to do it. Now, hey, I've got a better idea. Why don't we do banner towing? Banner towing, why? Well, if you got a little cloudy sky, you won't be able to see the smoke real well. If it's real windy, that smoke's going to dissipate. You take her to your favorite parking spot over there, wherever you guys go smooching and what have you, and then just have that little banner tow fly overhead. Oh, that's a cool idea. So he does that. He even sent me a picture of, you know, that thing flying by with it. He's all excited about it. So, you know, I kind of lose track of him for a while. And I get this envelope in the mail. And it's an invitation to his high school graduation. 
on the cover of his high school graduation thing is a picture of him leaning on the hood of a Cessna 172. It says Parker C. Brown, private pilot. And it had the date that he'd earned his pilot certificate on there. And if that don't warm, warm your heart, that it took 10 minutes of my time to help somebody find their way inside the fence, then, uh, I mean, I don't know. You guys are just a bunch of cold-hearted people then. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing now. I've lost touch with him, but, you know, he was real thoughtful in his, in his letter to me and uh, hoping that I could come. Knew I probably couldn't, but, you know, just thought I'd, I should know that he's graduating high school and he was hoping to go to Embry-Ripple. And so, I don't know, like I said, whatever happened to him, but, you know, it doesn't take but a few minutes to open the door, open the fence, kick the fence down, and let these youngsters in the airport because, you know, I don't know if y'all know this, but, you know, I'm getting a little salty here. You know, you guys get a little crusty looking over there, you know, and uh, we may not last forever. We're going to have to find people like these right here to take our place. So what I'm doing here is I'm training my replacements, <laughs> my repo, <laughs> my repo replacements. <laughs> And, you know, I really wouldn't say that, but, uh, no, the problem was that because I wound up with a celebrity status of some sort and these youngsters kept driving and showing up at my hangar because we don't have any fences at my airport and they kept showing up at my hangar. Well, shit, I guess we got to find something for them to do. So that's how we found our barn find little 150. And it's kind of snowballed from there. We've had a lot of things donated to us that didn't fit our mission profile. We've decided that our mission profiles, these youngsters are gonna build and maintain their aircraft. And in exchange for all their sweat equity effort, they get to fly the airplanes for the price of fuel. Now that is as long as we can continue to get donations in that cover the insurance and cover the costs. We've got some sponsors that help us out with engine parts and knickknacks, stuff like that. But it's not easy. The Bank of Kevin has been suffering pretty bad for, you know, for financing a lot of this stuff. It cost, uh, what, $7,200 this year to insure two Cessna 150s. And uh, that's a big chunk of change. So, uh, no speeding tickets, young man. Mama's gonna be yelling at you. <laughs> You're not what? You. You're gonna to have to man up. Yeah, you going to, yeah, okay. They want my commercial certificate because mama's gonna make me pay insurance. <laughs> it does add up quite a bit. Questions, come on, y'all. You you're, bore, you're boring me here. What you got, young lady? What's the scariest thing or the most challenging situation you've been in? All of them. I'll tell you one of the coolest things though is coming across the uh, Caribbean in a 737 that I swiped out of Brazil and I got a busted windshield and I got St. Elmo's fire fly, firing all over that thing. Anybody ever seen that? That is the coolest thing. That was these little green light, uh, green and blue flickers all over the windshield. You put your finger on it, you can drag it all over the windshield. It's kind of cool. What's that? Built by Apple. Built by Crapple? Apple. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, I'm about out of breath here, folks. What do y'all think? Okay, well, where were you a minute ago? <laughs> Well, of our age, working with young, young adults, it can be rough sometimes. I'm tougher. I understand. They're, they can get tough. And how do you handle the, the younger generation? You just blow with it? I kick their ass. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I am. <laughs> we keep each other in line. We, a lot
lot of us are pretty responsible, you know, right-minded children, young adults. So we're all on the right path. We're there for the same goal to work hard. And you know, we still have fun and enjoy being young. But we, when it's time to work, we know when to work. We're grateful for Kevin and all of our sponsors, and we have the utmost respect for anyone that supports us. I used to have a hangar at Arrow Country. <laughs> I had plenty of room to walk around. I got my Taylorcraft, my 172, an RV7 project. I got, a, I had two airplanes renting hangar space from me. I've had to boot all but one of the people renting hangar space from me out. I've had to fold the RV tail kit back up and put it back in the boxes, stash it on the rafters as these youngsters moved in one airplane in one piece at a time. And they have now taken over my hangar. They were looking at pictures at the hangar one day, about a, wasn't that about a month ago? Yeah. Holy crap, where's that picture taken? She's. That was right there. Right there, oh my God. <laughs> you mean this hangar used to be that clean? Yeah, it used to be, but now we got... How big is It's 75 by 65. It's, it's a reasonably, size, reasonably decent size hangar. So we, we've been working hard. We have a few private pilots, AMPs, IAs. I've progressed my flight ratings, but to grow as a club right now, we really need a hangar. So that's the big thing that we're trying to market for and gain more sponsorship and donations uh, because Kevin has been gracious and letting us encroach in his personal space, but we'd like to build our own 100 by 100 and stash our own little airplanes in there. So that's, that's the next big step for us, we think. And hopefully setting that up and have some space in the back for some ground classrooms as well. So that, that's the big goal right now. These kids are a lot smarter than I am, aren't they? <laughs> and more articulate too, right? So yeah, like they say, this young in here, and uh, where the hell is he? Uh, Popeye, he's over here building an engine with the, uh, with the Lakeland Aero Club folks over there right now. But these two over here, they're arguing about trying to get their written test passed, and they're over there doing studying at the hangar, and, and they're arguing back and forth about answers on something stupid. I'm going, Jesus Christ, these kids don't know that, and they're trying to go take the written test. So they're making it sound like they're dumb as a box of rocks, you know? And they're, what they're doing is they're baiting me, you know? And so all of a sudden, these two <clears throat> run off and uh, pass their written test, and then they stuff their written test results between all these papers on the, on the table there. And as I'm going through her pre-solo uh, test, there's a, written, there's a written test results right there. What the hell? When did you do that, little girl? <laughs> she's all, yeah, she's all proud of that, you know, that uh, they were acting like they were going to take the written test six months from now because they were too dumb to take it now. But they snuck in there and did it before. Well, he, he filtered through my pre-solo written. I thought he, I turned it in. I thought he was going to grade it. And he was like, Took out the thing like he already knew it was there. Took it out. Goes, hmm. It put my pre-solo written on the table, and it's been sitting there. I had no idea it was in there. Trust me. But Popeye had already said that he had uh, he had taken the test, and he's still trying to bring me proof of the results. So, you know. Anyway, why don't, don't y'all ask these youngsters questions? What do you think of him? Oh, give him the mic. <laughs> oh boy, this might be this, this might not be pretty. <laughs> Kevin's a mess. <laughs> we love him. He, he's been really generous with us, and he's... A mess? You're a mess. You know you are. You're... <laughs> it's all love, Kevin. But he's, he's taken us in, and it takes a lot of patience, and it takes a lot of grit to take in a new generation into your hangar and let us go out and try things. And Kevin's big thing is... He's not going to do it for us. We're going to do it for ourselves. These are our planes. We take care of them. Um, 
And it goes hand in hand because when we work on airplanes, these are our airplanes, and these are the airplanes that we're going to fly. And we keep that in mind when we take care of them and when we work on them. Um, and if we mess something up, Kevin's like, okay, get a new part. You're going to do it again. And it's not like, you know, we try it one time and we mess it up and somebody else steps in, you know, Hammer, he's an AMPIA, and he, it's not like he's going to come in and step in and do it for us. It's He'll stand over our shoulder and he'll tell us how to do it, and we'll mess it up three, four, five times, but in the end of the day, we get it right. And Kevin takes a lot of time, and he tries to teach us perseverance, and he tries to teach us ownership and responsibility over um, our aircraft. Because it's not like, you know, we're flying somebody else's stuff. It's taking ownership and responsibility over our aircraft that we fly, that we have to take care of, because it gets us from A to B. And we flew our aircraft out here, and so that takes a lot of pride, and it, it makes you happy knowing that, you know, we just did a 10 and a half hour flight to Sun and Fun for an air show. We've never been here before. And get to walk around and people are like, oh, what'd you fly in? And we're like, we flew in our 150s. And so that's what Kevin tries to teach. And he tries to teach you to pick up after yourself, be responsible, and always present yourself in a work-like manner and so that you go out into the real world and you know how to take care of yourself. You know how to take care of things that you own and how to carry yourself and how to represent not only yourself, but the club that you stand for and the, the logo that's on your shirt. And so that's what I really appreciate about Kevin is he's all real world. He teaches you how to go in the real world. He teaches you how to live. And like Ponytail, she's over there at Embry Riddle getting all of her ratings and stuff. And she's going to be able to go out into the real world, go work for a company and be like, yeah, that's where I came from. And all of these things that I learned, I learned through that club. So that's what I like about Kevin. You want to go? Sure. I think uh, Kev is a great leader and a great mentor. He he teaches us so much life lessons, and it really you can just sit there and talk to him and learn so much just from being in the room from him. And that's what I really like about him. And he really is preparing the next generation to get out there. I think my favorite thing about Kev would have to be that he doesn't treat us like little kids. He treats us like adults uh, and for who we are. And I really appreciate that because, especially growing up, I kind of hate being treated like, you know, micromanaging everything. And I like how he lets us, like Savannah said, do our own thing, mess up a few times, and learn from that experience. I, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity that uh, Kev has given us because he has uh, given us the leeway to go into aviation who otherwise me and a lot of the other a lot of these other kids wouldn't have any connection to aviation and so he's taking us in and letting us fly yeah that's the other thing I love about Kevin everything with Kevin is always a story and anything he's gonna tell you he's gonna reenact it there's gonna be I, my favorite thing is like later in the night um, He'll get to sit around, everybody's sitting around the round table, and he'll start telling stories about his life and everything like that. And, you know, y'all get to read it in the book, but it's really cool to see it live in person. Because you'll be like, and then I got in the airplane, and I was like, and he acts out everything for you. And he's just the most lively, bright character. And I've never met anyone like him, because anything that he ever says, anything that comes out of his mouth is always a story, and it's always entertaining. And so it's really entertaining to be around him. He's a really good guy. Well, it's pretty easy to tell the stories if you lived them. <laughs> well, I guess so. I don't know what they're, they're passing them down.
Pardon me? They're already doing that for mechanics and pilots. Yeah, matter of fact, I got one shop that keeps telling, keeps calling me and wanting me to send the next possible potential victim down to him. And uh, so, you know what? I'm sending them. You know, but I got to make sure I send them when they're in the right mindset and my, frame of mind. You can go out. You, you can't go out there and just start beating on an airplane and make it fly. Uh, I don't know where Mouse is, I mean where Popeye is right now, but Popeye has probably strung the aileron cables in the Swamp Hawk four times now. And he's got it wrong every time. And I will not let him finish, I will not let him, you know, fix it, goddammit. <laughs> I'm not going to fix it for you. And it's driven him nuts. There he is right now. Come here, Popeye. No, you found me. All right, folks. Hey, this here is Popeye. I think he was over here. I think he was on the front page of y'all's local newspaper yesterday. He's over there helping the uh, Lakeland Aero Club put an engine on. Uh, something. Did you get it running? Uh, we're going to run it after the Blue Angels come down there. Oh, okay. Well, Popeye, grab hold of these. Fancy. Okay, big boy. Why don't you tell these folks all about stringing aileron cables? <laughs> oh man, they're a pain. I've had to, I've had to do them a couple times, and how uh, many? Four. <laughs> so far. Uh, <laughs> so far, yeah. yeah. But it's uh, it's definitely difficult. You gotta, you know, the maintenance manual isn't too specific on where what holes they go through and where not to rub. So you'll string them out, and then you'll tension them up, and then you go through, and you find two or three spots where they're rubbing. You're like, dang! Now you got to take them all off and do it again. So it's definitely something. Lesson but, learned: you don't safety them up until you figured out that you yeah, got them routed right, right? Yeah, that's definitely a lesson. He's getting I've a lot learned. of safety wire practice too, because <laughs> he gets oh, yeah. it all up in there, gets it strung, and safety's them all up, all proud of himself. Well, what's it rubbing on that dang bulkhead for right there? You know, uh oh. <laughs> it's definitely been a challenge, but you know. That's what the Aero Club's for, is learning. And so I've been able to learn a lot. Yeah, this is the other one that passed his private pilot written test uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Him and him, Popeye and Thunder, you know, were sneaking in the, in the side there doing that. So anyway, anybody got any questions for Popeye? He just wandered in. Yeah. Why aviation and not any other field? Beats Why working not? for a living. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I mean, it's fun i mean you can't go anywhere else i i yeah what's not to love about this i mean kevin got me addicted over here yeah i got the bug yep yeah sun and fun and oshkosh are always a good ways to get these youngsters hooked it's like dropping a box of marbles on the ramp and watching they don't know which way to go they just start oh my god they're scattered to the wind in no time but uh you know down here, mainline in aviation. There's all kinds of classes out here. There's welding classes, sheet metal classes, dope and fabric classes, all kinds of cool things that they can pick up on. They just gotta apply themselves. So, you know, actually getting pretty good at dope and fabric classes too. But we've done them a couple times. <laughs> right. Well, all right then. Well, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm out of breath, y'all. If that's okay with you, I'm gonna. Thank y'all for tolerating me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Plane Talk. 
If you have any ideas for a future Plain Talk episode, please go to the Contact Us page at plaintalk.ca and send in your idea. Don't forget to like us at plaintalk.ca, our Facebook and LinkedIn pages, and this podcast. And never stop living the dream.